You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 23 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, how we doing? Doing good, doing good. Doing well. Uh, Aaron and I are very excited uh, for, obviously, NFL to come back. This week, we got uh, Houston, Kansas City on Thursday night and a slew of other games. So, we'll touch on – it's probably going to be a heavy NFL show today. We'll touch on a bunch of these matchups, touch on some different storylines that you may have forgot that we may have forgot uh, from the offseason going into this regular season, obviously. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the players and, and, uh, and teams are smart about their COVID protocols and we can actually have a season. Uh, hopefully we don't uh, pull Major League Baseball and uh, St. Louis Cardinals, a la the Miami Marlins, and uh, have, to sh- have to shut down for a little bit. But uh, the NFL does have some flexibility with the schedule here either way, so hopefully we're able to get in a full NFL season. But uh, other than the NFL, Aaron, what can uh, listeners look forward to for uh, the rest of the show? I think, uh, you know, we'll touch on, obviously, NBA still going strong through the uh, through the playoff wire and then uh, a little bit of NHL as well. Uh, not really too, too much going on with the, with the MLB, um, but, you know, we might dive into that just a, a tiny bit as well. Not too much with the MLB. I don't know if the Yankees suck right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks, let's get, into, let's get after it. And now for today's topics. Okay, we're going to start off with some National Football League talk here. We're going to go over some matchups, as I said in the intro. Uh, NFL starts this Thursday, Aaron, so I, I'm very excited. We have Houston at Kansas City. Not that that matters, but there's going to be no fans there, I believe. Uh, that will be on NBC, so uh, not NBC Sports, not Fox Sports 1, Fox, Fox Sports 7.3. Uh, it'll be on primetime television, so it'll be good to see Patrick Mahomes with a new contract, Deshaun Watson with a new contract out there uh, with their respective teammates flying around. Uh, I know we touched on it last week a little bit, but uh, – are there any games in, in week one that you're excited for uh, besides Houston and Kansas City? Yeah, I think uh, definitely one comes to mind is the Tampa Bay and then at New Orleans. Uh, obviously, division game, uh, two of the best quarterbacks to, to really ever lace them up. You got Tom Brady. You got, obviously, Drew Brees there in, in New Orleans. So I'm excited to see that. Um, you know, personally rooting for, for Drew Brees and the Saints in that game. Um, I'm a little bit intrigued by um, – Eagles at, at Redskins, uh, a lot of people are saying that's going to be a blowout, but uh, just always kind of a tough game. It's a division game, so. Blowout for the Redskins? Oh. <laughs> uh, but, you know, other than that, um, I think I think Green Bay-Minnesota is going to be a tight game. Uh, I think that one will come down to, to probably somewhere in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, just being pretty close all the way through. So, 
uh, those games really do stand out to me. I think, you know, just me personally, the, the Tampa Bay New Orleans game is the one that you kind of circle on the calendar and you say that's, that's the prime time. Like that's the one where, you know, I think the most attention is going to be on uh, at least in week one. So I'm looking forward to that. I think, you know, big possibility of a, a lot of scoring and a lot of points in that, in that particular game. Tampa Bay versus Drew Orleans. So that'll be a good game. Uh, Aaron and I were talking off air. Like obviously, that game's at the Superdome down in New Orleans. I don't think, uh, you know, the, the home field advantage really matters much, at least the first few weeks. I don't think many teams, if any, are having fans week one. I know Miami's planning to at some point. Uh, Kansas City's planning to have fans in their stadium at some point. But, uh, you know, obviously in a dome like that, it's, it's tough to, to get fans back, uh, especially in, in a major city. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we talked about, obviously, the, the biggest storyline of, of uh, the offseason was probably where Tom Brady was going to go. Uh, and, and we've known for a long time now that he's obviously landed in uh, Tampa Bay. Just has an embarrassment of riches on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You have Gronkowski, who's arguably like the second or third best tight end on the team, which is pretty scary. Uh, Ronald Jones are running back. They just picked up Leonard Fournette. Uh, they drafted Tristan Wirfs on the offensive line in the first round. Uh, I think it was picked 15 or 16. So um, what are you looking from them on offense? And uh, did you think it was interesting that uh, Leonard Fournette chose to sign with, uh, with Brady and Tampa Bay? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it just kind of goes back to the point that people want to play with Brady. People, uh, you know, definitely ring chasing to a certain degree. I think, you know, Leonard Fournette being a 25-year-old guy, I mean, he, he's still very young in his career. But, uh, you know, being, being released by a team, you obviously, you know, want to prove yourself and, and why not play with one of the best quarterbacks, you know, to, to ever do it in, in one of his, his last seasons. So I think that's where he's coming from. You know, obviously with, with Gronk going to the uh, – going, going to the Bucks there, I think that's only going to help them become – even stronger and, and harder to stop. I just, you know, year after year, I'm, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, speak to this as well. Just trying to stop Gronkowski is a, oh, is yeah. a problem. So even if Gronk is, you know, let's say 50% of what he used to be, you know, it's just going to be a, a matchup problem. And, and it, I just think they're going to be extremely hard to stop just due to the fact that, you know, Tom Brady's still throwing the ball, still has some zip on the ball. And, and then you, you pair that with Mike Evans, Gronk, uh, Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a three three headed beast there, just between those three, and that's not even mentioning everybody there. So that's just going to be a, a big problem to stop on on defense there. Yeah, for all you fantasy owners out there, and and this might not be a hot take. I think it's a rather popular take. Aaron, you mentioned Gronkowski might be at fifty percent. I think he might be at twenty or thirty percent. That might be a, you know a little bit harsh considering I'm not a big Gronkowski fan from his time in New England. But I, I was watching a couple of videos from their training camp and. Uh, he looks like an old man. You know, he's, he's running pretty gingerly. He can't really get in and out of his cuts that quickly, uh, dropping some passes. So, I don't know. Maybe he's the second or, th or, or third best. Maybe he's just a decoy out there, a la Scottie Pippen when he was hurt. Uh, for, for MJ, throwback to our extensive last dance talk uh, a couple months ago when no sports were happening. But uh, I, think, I think, you know, it, it's, something, it's worth mentioning that after taking a year off from, from a professional sport, uh, especially the NFL, it's, it's pretty tough to come back and remain at that high level. He's the best tight end of all time. There's really no denying that fact. It's just, you know, he's, you know, it is mid, it is mid to, to early 30s, I think, right now. He obviously had a lot of injuries. He retired be, because of an injury. Uh, so I don't think that he's really going to be much of a threat on the field. Like I said, maybe he's good for those four or five just hitch routes, just like offline Brady, you know, quick finds him for a first down here or there. I have no doubt that's going to happen. I have no doubt he's going to probably get some some decent yards after contact, but just a matter of his body breaking down is, uh, is really the thing that I monitor with, with Gronkowski specifically. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's – you bring up a good point. I mean, he um, – just an injury machine throughout his career, unfortunately, just because of the – I think a lot has to do with extreme size. You know, people always go out for his legs, try and take him out. I uh, can't say I blame him, but, you know, he, he took a ton of ton of injuries, ton of time off. Uh, you know, really every season he would miss a couple of games, if not, you know, half the season at, in certain increments. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – like I said, I mean – I think he's going to find maybe some new life down there in Tampa Bay. But uh, much to your point, I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be rare to see a, a long, a long catcher, you know, uh, a big play downfield with him, but uh, I think they'll use him effectively. And I think, you know, he's just going to be a, a matchup problem and it's just going to open up, you know, other people f from being, uh, you know, covered real tight. And, and it's just, I don't know, you, you put Brady with a ton of weapons in comparison what, to what he's had in the last couple of years in New England and, and that is kind of terrifying to think about, you know, how are these other teams going to stop him? And, and obviously he's ring chasing, uh, you know, at least one, you know, trying to get probably two more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's well said before we go on to the Saints here, are the uh, Buccaneers a playoff team? Yeah, I definitely think. Okay. Buck, I don't, I don't think the, I think just watching the, the Patriots last year and, and their lack of, of talent on offense and, and their lack of, Really, you know, they just didn't have many weapons and it wasn't explosive and still finding a way to get into the playoffs. Granted, with a good defense, uh, just it'll it'll be a lot easier for Brady in, in Tampa Bay than it was in the last couple of years in New England. File that away for later, folks. Aaron and I are going to give our top seven, uh, our, our playoff teams for each conference. And hot take, I don't think that the Buccaneers will be the best team in their division, but I do think they'll make the playoffs. But speaking, speaking more towards New Orleans now, obviously Drew Brees, uh, signed that two-year contract, uh, I think, with, with an option to, to, to opt out after one year. But uh, they've obviously had uh, had pretty bad luck, I guess you want to say it, or, or some unfortunate plays, obviously, down a couple of their playoff games the last few seasons. You had that game against the Rams um, where they, they didn't get uh, – the guy in the Rams didn't get called for the blade pass interference. Uh, Drew Brees laid an egg last year in the playoffs. So uh, do you think this is the year they get, you know, past the – the championship game into the into the Super Bowl, or do you think they're stopped by you know Green Bay, a, a Minnesota, a San Francisco, a a Tampa Bay, or you know do you think this is Drew Brees' year to finally get back to the promised land and, and get New Orleans another ring? I think uh, you know going into last season, I was really really set on the Saints making it uh, the, all the way last year. Obviously, like you alluded to, uh, Drew Brees just kind of shit the bed last season in, in the playoff appearance, but um, I. Part of me says yes. Uh, I just, for some reason, I just think the Saints are, they keep hitting their head on the wall on, you know, in the playoffs. And I just, for some reason, my gut's telling me that's going to happen again. Um, I think really that either they're, they're stopped by Tampa Bay or they're stopped by San Francisco. I, I think uh, on paper and just, you know, from the eye test, I think New Orleans is a better team than, than Minnesota. Uh, obviously, I'll take Drew Brees eight days a week over Kirk Cousins, but <laughs> – um, I just – my gut's telling me that, that the Saints don't get over the hump. I think maybe they get to the championship game this year and, and just, you know, don't execute at that at that time and place. So, um, you know, I'm not saying they won't, but my gut's just telling me not not this season again. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to see Breeze get one more, but I, I just don't know. Just gut test is telling me no. I think, I think it'd be an absolute slap in the face to, to uh, Breeze if Tom Brady comes in here with the first year in Bruce Arians offense, <laughs> first year in Tampa Bay, first year in the system if he goes in the fucking Super Bowl. And Drew Brees has been waiting since 2009, I think. Uh, 2010, maybe. Uh, so we'll move on here. I, I think uh, we stick in the NFC. You mentioned uh, 
Green Bay, Minnesota, obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers made some headlines by grabbing uh, quarterback Jordan Love, um, arguably the successor to Aaron Rodgers in the first round when wide receiver and a slew of other positions on the offense were probably a more glaring need than the, than the quarterback position. So uh, how do you think Rodgers respond? I know we touched on it back uh, during the draft time, but um, we also mentioned that Rodgers probably will – this will probably light a fire under him and he'll probably, you know, come out and have his best season, one of his best seasons ever, I should say. So um, how do you think they stack up against Minnesota this year specifically? Do you think uh, – they go far again in the, in the playoffs this year. I think uh, I think you saw a great improvement in Green Bay's play last season. Uh, I think uh, in that division, I, I, I do put them as the best team. I, Minnesota somehow finds a way. I think Minnesota is pretty well coached, but I just I look at Green Bay. I look at you know Aaron Rodgers, obviously, uh, you know on on the uh, back nine of his career, obviously, but uh, I just I look at him like you know. I think what you alluded to is definitely going to prove to be true. I think um, them drafting a quarterback didn't make him too happy. I think, you know, it's time for him to really uh, solidify himself as one of those better guys to ever play the game. I think he has all the talent in the world to do so. Uh, yet again, another guy that's been banged up a lot in his career. But uh, if he can stay healthy the whole season, I think they can edge out Minnesota. I think they can win that division. They just obviously are going to have to execute. And I think Minnesota will be pretty consistent. but. I look for uh, I look for Aaron Rodgers to come out at least week one and, and light up the scoreboard and, and outscore the, the Vikings, especially with with no crowd. Once again, that's another hard stadium to play under normal circumstances, but uh, you know no crowds. So I think I think the Packers take the win in, in week one. I, I agree. I do think on, on paper it's worth mentioning Minnesota probably has a better team. I do I definitely they have a better defense, but. Uh, you know, you, you look at a guy like Adam Thielen. Um, obviously, they, they lost Stephon Diggs, but you know, Thielen and uh, Kirk Cousins have great chemistry. They just drafted Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver out of LSU in the draft. Um, they got Yannick Ngakwe on defense from the Jaguars recently. He took a massive pay cut uh, to go to the Minnesota Vikings. So I think on paper, they probably have a better roster than the Packers. But again, it you know, they'll go as far as Kirk Cousins is willing to take them. And uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, he, he had this great quote I, I want to run by you. Uh, he's basically like regarding the coronavirus, uh, quote, if I get it, I get it. We'll have to deal with the consequences, end quote. So not, not surprising that Kirk Cousins is sort of taking a, a, a quote-unquote tough guy approach, if you will. I think it's, it's pretty classless of, of him to say something like that. And I think it's just a, a classic case of, uh, of Kirk Cousins being corny yet, yet again. But, uh, you know, I, I think he, he ultimately is the definition of an average to – maybe slightly above average uh, a quarterback. So we'll see, we'll see how they do this year. I, I do think their defense is probably the, the strong point of this team, but um, just thought that was a, kind of a funny quote to squeeze in there when uh, you know, we're talking about shitting on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he added to that. If I, I, you know, I had to check the sources on this one, but I think he said, if I die, I die, which is, Oh, that's a little bit like extreme. I mean, not to say that, you know, obviously COVID is no joke, but he, he just kind of, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys that, you know, he, he's very uh, – he'll say what he wants to say and he doesn't really care what anybody else thinks, which I can respect that to a certain degree, but I just think he he kind of feels himself too much and I think he, he thinks he's a comedian when, you know, in reality he's – you know, his comedy is just about as good as his quarterback play average at best. So there's that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, like, like I said, Kirk Cousins is a polarizing guy for all the wrong reasons. Um <laughs> He's polarizing for his stupid comments and his bad quarterback play, but uh, 
you know, if if they don't do well, I, I don't think I'd care. If they do well, I don't think I'd care either because I'm just generally not a Minnesota Vikings fan. But uh, we'll, we'll shift around the league here. Another game, you know, and Aaron and I were talking off air about Lamar Jackson specifically, but Cleveland at Baltimore to, to start off, I think, is a great game. Um, do you think Cleveland has closed the gap? Any, obviously, with a new coach, uh, new tight end, Austin Hooper, sort of revamped offensive line. Do you think they can keep up offensively? Uh, with the Ravens, and, and do, do you expect a repeat performance from Lamar and the Ravens this year in terms of record and, and just overall electricity that, that they displayed throughout the regular season last year? Yeah, so I think uh, I think the Browns get back to what how they looked, you know, maybe Baker's rookie season, especially down the stretch. I think you'll see an improvement. I think Freddie Kitchens was way over in his head on, on you know, what he was getting himself into, and, and I just don't think he really had any type of idea what he was doing up there. So I think that they'll definitely be better. Uh, to say they're going to keep up with the Ravens, I, I don't really think that's possible, only because, you know, the the Ravens are a serious problem on offense. Uh, they're a team that just, similar to the Chiefs, I mean, it's just hard to stop the, the speed of, of the offense, of the, um, you know, you stop, you, you cover the receivers, and then Lamar breaks one for 20. And then, right. you know, you try and defend Lamar, and then he, then he dumps one to, like, Hollywood Brown for 40. So it's just – it's a very hard offense to, to at least stop. You know, obviously, last season was just explosive. I think it was the best offense in the league. I could, you know, have to check my sources on that. But uh, obviously, one of the best, hardest to stop offenses out there. So I think the Browns close the gap to a certain degree. I think the Ravens still win this game. Uh, I don't think the Ravens go 14 and two. I, I'm looking for the Ravens. They probably go like 12 and four, uh, 11 and five. I think they they slip off a little bit from last season. Uh, I think a couple teams at least figure them out to a certain degree uh, and and at least uh, keep them contained in comparison to last season when they, they pretty much were running up the scoreboard on, on most of the teams. So I, I just don't look, on, look at them to be as explosive as, as last season, uh, but I still think more likely than not they, they win the division. Uh, maybe Cleveland slides in as a wild card. I'm not expecting huge things out of Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't mind seeing it because I, I am a big Ben supporter uh, through and through. So I would, I'd much rather see the Steelers pull it out, but I, I just think the Ravens have a, a huge amount of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with the Ravens. I, I think when I look at Cleveland, I, I go back to Baker Mayfield. He has all the tools in the toolbox. He has two top flight wide receivers, top flight tight end, two top flight running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, top flight left tackle. They just drafted a right tackle. I think every box you want to check in terms of building an elite offense the Browns have besides potentially the quarterback. It's not, it's not a direct shot at, at Baker Mayfield because Hugh Jackson, the coach, his rookie year got fired. Absolute disaster. His coach the second year, Aaron just mentioned Freddie Kitchens. Absolute disaster. He would go to the line of scrimmage last year and try to tell each of his wide receivers what play they were running because Freddie Kitchens' Freddie Kitchen's offense was so confusing and just nobody was on the same page. Miscommunication everywhere. <laughs> I just think it was that much of a shit show um, that – he probably will take a step up this year. Kevin Stefanski is our coach and, and runs the offense, came from the Vikings. He ran the most play-action plays last year in the NFL, I believe. Shout-out research department. Um, and that's what Baker does best. He's great at play-action, great at throwing up the middle to his tight ends, to dump off to his running back, throwing the slot to Jarvis, uh, throwing to Odell off a slant. Uh, speaking of Odell, we'll have to get to Odell in a second because uh, he was trending on Twitter. Uh, yesterday for all the wrong reasons but uh, I, I just think their offense like I said checks all the boxes of, of what you want to do to build a successful NFL offense in, in 2020 it's just a matter of if Baker can take that next step in his third offense with his third head coach 
in his third season. Um, will he do that? I don't know. I kind of compare um, Darnold and, and Baker a little bit just because of the coaching situation. Obviously, you know, Baker has more talent to play with. It, it's just I, I just compare the turnover and the organizational dysfunction um, when it comes to two of them. So I look for both of those guys to hopefully, you know, obviously Sam Darnold, hopefully to jump up, but also for Baker. I think he deserves it. I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that's probably takes some hits in the media, some undeserved shots in the media. Um, and, and frankly, it's a, it's a guy who's playing for one of the worst organizations in sports. So can he take that next step? It, I don't think it's on him. I think it's more on the organization than, uh, than anything else. Yeah, I think, you know, you make a, a ton of good points. I think the biggest problem, uh, you know, coaching bar none, uh, but offensive line, they, they have to improve at least upon last year, uh, you know, caught a couple games at least down the stretch that, that Cleveland was playing. I think it was one of them was the 49ers game. I think it was extremely close at one point and just Baker's running for his life. Granted, that's against Bosa. Granted, that's against, uh, you know, one of the best defensive lines, but I mean, the guy was just scrambling to just stay on the field uh, and not get his head torn off. So, uh, you know, if they can't protect him, I can't blame Baker too, too much. Uh, you did allude, uh, allude to all the uh, stout receivers, stout tight end, running backs. I mean, they're, they are loaded. Uh, they just all have to be on the same page. And, uh, you know, containing uh, Odell and Jarvis and, and just all those guys and making sure they're all happy and, and on the same page is, is, you know, easier said than done. But – if they can make it happen, um, you know, that is a scary offense to watch. And I root for Baker in the fact that he's just a very competitive guy. I think he cares a ton about winning. So um, I'm rooting for him, but uh, they got to sure up that offensive line and hopefully the draft picks and, and you know, who they acquired is going to pan out because that's really a huge, huge piece to his success going forward. That's well said. It'll, it'll be a situation or a storyline to monitor as we move forward. Um, we mentioned last week uh, the Jets obviously play Buffalo, the Eagles play Washington. So Aaron and I will have some pretty good breakdowns on those games uh, for you guys next week. Obviously, uh, you know, we're able to touch on a decent amount of the NFL teams and storylines. So uh, we'll be back next week, obviously, with, with some game breakdowns, some, some game previews for week two, um, sort of where the league shakes out after week one. It'll be interesting. Maybe some, some fantasy plugs here and there. It'll be, it'll be good to see football finally getting back in a full – Slate of, slate of games on Sunday is, is absolutely beautiful to see. Uh, kind of feels like the pandemic is coming to an end, even though it's not. Uh, but there, it, it feels like there is some light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, before Aaron and I give our playoff previews, why don't you go through uh, the power rankings you have there, Aaron, and, and we'll sort of talk about each one, talk about some surprises, maybe the top ten, um, root through that kind of kind of briefly, and then we'll, we'll sort of touch on the teams that we think can maybe jump up a few spots or maybe some teams that we don't think should be you know, rated as highly as they are. Yeah, yeah. To, to touch on the power rankings, I mean, you got uh, Chiefs at one, uh, 49ers two, uh, Ravens three, uh, Saints at four, five, the Tennessee Titans, uh, six, Bills, seven, Cowboys, eight, Packers, nine, Seahawks, and then rounding out the top ten is uh, the Vikings. So, Okay, okay. So there's, um, there's some in there that I think are uh, – Overrated, a, to say the least. Give, give me a contender and a pretender. And a contender, I mean, a team that you look to jump up. It could be one, two, three spots. Uh, someone you think is, is maybe a little bit underrated, but definitely deservedly so in the top ten. And then give me a pretender, maybe a team uh, like the Cowboys or, or like the Seahawks or like uh, the Vikings that you think maybe you should probably be bumped out of that top ten. Yeah, so um, every time I, I seem to count Russell Wilson and the Seahawks out, uh, definitely – 
uh, comes back to bite me. So I'm going to say they're definitely a, a contender this season. I just think Russell Wilson's too good. Uh, just I have extreme faith in him. I think they'll be a, a team to at least uh, you know be, be thought about. I think they'll they'll definitely be a team that that enters the playoffs. Uh, you know, I don't think they'll really have a lot of problems doing so. So I, I look for the Seahawks to jump up from from the nine spot at least. Um, Titans, I'm kind of split on the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they they came alive down the stretch. Uh, obviously, leaning on Derrick Henry for most of that, but cheering uh, up Ryan Tannehill for a few seasons. Uh, don't know, you know, how how good is Ryan Tannehill going forward? Uh, you know, is he uh, Kirk Cousins or is he a little bit better than that? That's uh, to me, that's kind of his, maybe his ceiling. You know, I like Ryan Tannehill a lot more than Kirk Cousins, but um, I don't know as far as from a on-field perspective how good he's going to be. So Titans at five might be a little bit, uh, that might be a little accelerated. I think that they're not quite that good quite yet. So that, that's just my take on it. Uh, a lot of these teams obviously, you know, stemming from, from great success last season. That's kind of, you know, Chiefs, 49ers at one and two. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I think some of them are deserved. I, I think the Cowboys are, are going to be a pretender. I think um, I'm definitely a little bit fearful, as I've stated on the show, Mike McCarthy coming in, brand new coaching staff. So that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, to rank them seven uh, above the Seahawks, above the Vikings, and above the Packers, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, especially because they missed the playoffs these, last season and, and the Eagles edged them out. So I, I don't see as why they're, they're number seven. But uh, new coaching staff, that, that might be the reason that they, uh, they attribute that. Uh, the only other one I would, I would really touch on is, is Buffalo. I don't know, um, you know, Buffalo coming off a hot season, but, um, you know, I, I'd have to see a little bit more from them to be, you know, they're ranked number six on, on the top ten there. So uh, a little bit uh, advantageous, I think, to say that the Bills are the sixth best team in the NFL, but uh, it's all what time will tell here. Yeah, I think, I think Bills at six is an absolute atrocity. Uh, are they in the top 10? Maybe I would definitely slot the, the teams behind them. I would certainly slot ahead of the bills. I, Josh Allen's a good player. Uh, I don't think he's elite yet. They have a good defense for sure. I just don't think their offense is going to be up to snuff with probably the rest of the teams in this top. The four, the 49ers to me are, are an interesting addition. Uh, not addition. I should say interesting team in, in this top 10. Obviously they're in the top 10, probably pretty solidified in the top five. I just don't know. Again, this this goes back to our Jimmy Garoppolo talk from a few months ago. I don't know if, if they really did enough to maintain the level that, that they can play at from, from last year going into this season. And, and what I mean by that is I don't know if they surrounded Jimmy Garoppolo with enough to be able to do what he can do. Obviously, Joe, Joe Staley, the longtime left tackle, retires. Swap him out, trade for Trent Williams. Massive trade. That's a, a, great, a great move, obviously, by John Lynch in their front office. But they drafted Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, to play wide receiver. They let Emmanuel Sanders go. He's been hurt. So Curtis Samuel, uh, is, or not, uh, Debo Samuel, Samuel, I should say, has been hurt. So I don't know if they're on offense specifically going to be as good as they were. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan's a mastermind when it comes to running the football and finding different ways to split up the defense, split up the defenders, find those soft spots in, in the zone um, to find those holes for those guys. Raheem Mostert, who was there. Um, all-star running back, obviously performed pretty well in the playoffs. He held out for a contract. Um, so I, I don't know what they're going to Obviously, George Kittle, the tight end there, is, is going to be another all-pro tight end. But uh, I just look at a team like that. I don't know if they did enough to maintain their current level from, from last season, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think that you bring up a good point. I, I think 
Jimmy G pretty much cost them the, the Super Bowl down the stretch. I mean, not so much that – I mean, I wouldn't say he lost the game, but he, he definitely didn't win the game for them. Obviously, them coming up short and him missing multiple downfield throws uh, in that game. So, obviously, his first Super Bowl, we'll see. You know, a lot of these teams, as far as, like, you, you touch on the 49ers, the Ravens, uh, coming off tremendous success last year, that doesn't mean to me at least a whole hell of a lot going into the next season. I think, you know, obviously you got to come back out there and execute uh, once again. And, you know, it's a, a long season in the fact that, um, you know, if you get off to a slow start this season, you know, who knows what can happen. I think, uh, you know, 49ers are going to be gunned for and the Ravens are going to be gunned for just because of their success last season. So um, I don't look for both those teams to be as invincible as they were last season. I think both of them drop off at least a little bit, if not a significant amount, just based on, you know, the, the other team's defenses being able to figure them out. I think the 49ers defense is a, is a serious problem for most offenses. Yeah, so right. I think that's going to hold them in most games. But uh, I think Jimmy G, yeah, coming off a statistical good, good season, but uh, they really relied on that running game all season. So I think he's going to have to at least play significantly better uh, going into this this season, no, it's uh, yeah, you know, I think we bring up great points. So, you know, 49ers start off with the Cardinals, that'd be a great game. Obviously, John Deere Hopkins, uh, sweating over to Arizona, teaming with Kyler Murray. Um, that'll be definitely a, a key matchup to watch as well. But uh, I think we transition this and go into some of our playoff picks. Um, we'll start off in the AFC here. I, I think, Aaron, I'm just gonna go through my division winners and I'll go through my three. Uh, wild card picks. I believe the playoff format this year is seven teams, right? Or is that next year? I, I think that is the way it is. Uh, All right, perfect. Re research definitely uh, didn't do didn't do their due diligence before this episode, but we're gonna go seven teams here. I'll give my seven um, for the AFC. Aaron, feel free to pop in a team or two that you think is deserving over a couple of my teams. But AFC East, I have to go. Buffalo Bills. I, I think they're gonna win the division. I said that last week. I just think with the talent that left New England. Uh, and the talent that, you know, arrived in Buffalo, I just think that basically flip-flops. The, the Jets and Dolphins are, are basically non-starters for me. Unfortunately, you know, I wish the Jets, you know, could could improve on that 7-9 record. I, I think they probably slot in around that. I don't think that's enough to get into the playoffs. But uh, other way, the Bills are my pick at the AFC East. AFC North, no surprise here. We're going Baltimore Ravens, 14-2 uh, last year, um, one of the most potent offensive rushing attacks that, I personally ever seen. Um, so we'll go for the for the Ravens again. Um, AFC South, uh, the Texans won the division last year at ten and six. The Titans finished up at nine and seven last year. I'm gonna go Titans here. I think the Titans uh, do enough. Ryan Tannehill in that second year within that offense. Derrick Henry, um, obviously coming back strong. They did a couple of things on defense. They just signed Jadavion Clowney is uh, to, to bolster their pass rush. So I'm gonna go Titans here um, for that division win in, in the AFC South. AFC West, I don't think it's a surprise here. I'm going to go the Chiefs. I do think the AFC West is probably the strongest division um, with, within the AFC. So, uh, you know, in, in a second year when I, when I round out the wildcard teams, don't be surprised if you see an AFC West team or two. But just to, just to round off uh, my top four, I go Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Bills. Um, then to go number five, I look at a team like the Texans, obviously with Sean Watson. Um, and, and the just just the quarterback that he's becoming, I think he is, you know, not on Russell Wilson level yet, but probably leaning towards it. He's becoming one of the the best players in the NFL. I'd probably put him in my top five right now. I think, uh, you know, I would be surprised if they surpass the Titans uh, for that for that number one seed in the AFC South. But 
I do have them as my fifth team and first wildcard team nonetheless. Um, then I go for a team like Denver Broncos. Uh, I think Drew Locke. I think uh, Jerry Judy. I think Cortland Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler, um, Philip Lindsay, uh, Melvin Gordon, just their offensive line as well. I think from an offensive perspective, obviously on, on the back end, you have a guy like Von Miller uh, still anchoring that defense there, you know, as an outside linebacker. So, this team will go as Drew Locke goes. I think he played four or five games last year. We dove into his stats months ago. And I got to be honest, I haven't seen too much tape on this or Drew Locke. But uh, from all the reports I hear, I think he'll have a decent season. So I, I have them as my sixth seed. And then to round out, um, round out my seven, this is tough. Uh, I think I'll go Steelers. I'll go Steelers as my, as my seven team. Um, they finished eight and eight last year, despite having a revolving door at the quarterback position. Big Ben is healthy this year, back with a vengeance. Um, as much as I hate the fucking guy, uh, I think he will have a bounce back year. Juju will look to have a bounce back year as well. James Conner, um, sort of the second year as a feature running back, or third year, I should say, as a feature running back, will do pretty well. Then they have a couple of rookies. Uh, they have Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, who's going to be a good wide receiver. Eric Ebron's a tight end who just got there. Uh, so they have a revamped offense uh, to, to say of sorts. So that's my top, that's my top seven. Uh, we'll go Bills again to recap, Ravens, uh, Texans, Titans, uh, Chiefs, Broncos, and then Steelers. So that's my top seven. Do you, do you agree with that, Aaron, or would you uh, slot in a team or two and take out a couple of my picks? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple I can say that I might feel a little bit, I might have some upset picks in here just, just because okay. uh, I don't know, that's how I'm feeling today. Uh, on, on this Tuesday, uh, September eighth, I don't know why not. Why not just roll the dice a little bit? I mean, I think, uh, I think ah, it's so hard for me with the with the AFC East. I mean, I think uh, my heart's telling me Belichick doesn't miss the playoffs, but um, I think I think Buffalo just folds underneath the pressure down the wow. stretch. Uh, I think Jared Allen just you know unravels like a soda can. Josh, yeah. Josh, yeah. See, I'm I can't even keep track of his name. That <laughs> was the first name. No, nah, because he's not going to make the playoffs. So, uh, I think, you know, Patriots take the, the AFC East. I hope, you know, dear God, I hope they, they lose in the first round. But uh, I think <laughs> at least they, they pull through, win that division. Um, I think, you know, my heart's telling me that the Ravens, you know, pull through, win that division. Um, I'm looking for Big Ben to, to have a bounce back season, though. I think he plays pretty well. Um, obviously, coming off a, a pretty devastating injury and the fact that, um, he wasn't even hit when he was when the injury occurred. It was one of those you know freak accident type things. So uh, hopefully he can stay healthy at least play one more season, maybe two, uh, just to round out his his pretty good career overall. So um, I think Ravens, uh, Patriots, uh, and then I go I go Texans in the South. I don't think Tennessee has enough to to you know derail them uh, down down the stretch. I think just the Texans have too much. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Titans slide in as a, a wild card team once again. But uh, and then you go. I mean, AFC West. I think that's a, an automatic lock for the Chiefs. Uh, the only way they don't win that division is is if Mahomes goes down with an injury. So I think Chiefs take that one. Uh, so those are one through four seeds. I think you know from there. Um, you know, may, maybe I do go. You know, take back my statement a little bit. Maybe Buffalo Bills squeak in as a <laughs> as a wild card, uh, just because of you know, and, and no offense at all towards the the Jets or Dolphins, but I just think that division's kind of weak. Yeah. So uh, I think the Bills beat up on both those teams pretty hard all season. Get collect at least you know four wins there. Um, I, I just I see the Bills at least probably squeaking in or, or you know 
at least gaining a spot in, in the playoff picture. So I, I go Bills. Uh, and I, I go Titans as a, uh, a playoff pick uh, for a wild card. And then, and then really from there, uh, that's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm going to say Steelers as well. I just think uh, Big Ben just has a, a pretty good season coming in. Uh, just my heart's telling me that. I don't think – I think they need help at the running back position. I don't think James Conner can carry the load. I, uh, I think that's one thing they are kind of missing in comparison to the, the old-time Steelers where they'd have – you know, I remember Willie Parker just being able to outrun the whole defense. You had – you had the bus, who was a serious problem, just in, in short range. So I think, you know, if I'm the Steelers, I go out and, and upgrade the running back position. I would have went out and tried to get Adrian Peterson for that offense. But, um, you know, I think that's one of their weak points. But I think their their defense is starting to come around and look like how it used to be. So I, I, I kind of look for them to, to squeak into the playoff picture. Uh, you could maybe substitute Cleveland, but I don't know if they're exactly ready for it yet. Just – I think there might be too many holes still on that team to, to really uh, make a run at the playoffs in the in the AFC there. No, I love it. I think uh, our, only, our only discrepancy was you had the Patriots in there um, and I had the Broncos. And other than that, I think our, our seven were primarily the same. I could be off by a, a team or two there. But uh, I think that's probably how it's going to strike out. I, you know, maybe a, a team, you know, like the Chargers or Raiders or – you know, God forbid the Jets fucking do something this year. Maybe they, maybe they surprise a few people. Maybe the Browns, as you said, squeak in. But uh, that's probably how it's going to shake out. Um, and you can probably take those seven teams to the bank. All right, moving over to the NFC. Obviously, Aaron knows the NFC a little bit better than I do. So why don't you go through, um, sort of give your uh, your picks here, and then uh, I'll probably follow up with maybe sliding in your team or two um, after, after you finish up. Yeah, so uh... – Definitely, definitely know the NFC a, a good bit here. Um, you know, familiar, familiar faces. Uh, most of the league, obviously, you got you got Tom Brady coming in though, and, and changing things off a good bit. But uh, we'll we'll go conference by conference once again. Uh, we go. I mean, I, I got to pick the Eagles in the NFC East. I think, you know, it's probably going to be close. Uh, my fear is Mike McCarthy's impact on the on the Cowboys' offense, but I still look for the Eagles to. To squeak it out, uh, I'm hopeful that hopefully uh, Carson Wentz stays healthy the whole season. Knock on wood there, uh, and then you go down NFC North. I think much to like we alluded to earlier. I think you know Rogers, uh, a fire is kind of lit underneath his ass, and, and he's just going to play. I think even better than he did during the regular season last season. So uh, kind of a repeat there. I think Eagles, Packers. Uh, I go. It's so hard for me. I I, I say, I just I. My heart tells me that Tampa Bay is going to win that division. I don't. I just. I don't know. I. I don't root against Brady, uh, in the fact that, um, you know, if I'm a betting man, I, I don't. I don't root against Brady. So, uh, the Saints might win that, but but I think Tampa Bay pulls it out, maybe by one game or so, and then, uh, you know, it's hard. I. I honestly think maybe the Seahawks win the division in the NFC West this season. I. Wow. I just a little bit of an upset, but. Um, I, I just think Jimmy G regresses this season a little bit uh, to the point where I don't think they'll be as good. I mean, it, ultimately, they're, they're running back or they're running game and their uh, defense is, is their strong suit. But I just I think Seattle takes a, a jump up a little bit. I think they're just with Russell Wilson. They're just too good uh, to be uh, second fiddle in that division. I, I look for him to, to make a step this season and then, you know, take. Uh, taking into account the, the three wild card spots, um, I think Vikings obviously are, are good, good enough. Um, Kirk Cousins is, is good enough to get them into a, a wild card situation. So they're probably my first pick. 
Um, and then you go, I mean, Saint, I think the Saints are an easy, they might be even the, the higher pick there, but uh, Saints easily get in as a wild card. And then from there, I mean, you can, you can kind of take your pick, you know, you might go Dallas, um, depending if Nick Foles plays in Chicago, I'm not counting them completely out, but Nick Foles isn't really money unless it's in, in Philadelphia for some, some odd reason. But um, yeah, it's really tough after that. I, I think obviously San Fran more likely than not will either win the division or, or be in that, in that wild card spot. So I'm going to have to pick San Fran there. I just look for uh, really Seattle to, to make the jump this season. And, and I think the NFC is a lot more wide open than, than what it looks like on paper just because of, you know, Tom Brady coming over. I think that's going to uh, change the landscape in the in the south a good bit. I don't think the Falcons have enough. I think, obviously, Carolina's probably going to be pretty bad this season. Um, but other than that, I think there's a ton of good teams. I think the Cardinals get better this season. Uh, I think they improve from 5-10. and 10. So I think it's going to be extremely competitive uh, in exclusion to, to really the NFC East. I think that'll be pretty much Eagles and Cowboys once again. Yeah, no, I think uh, the NFC is loaded. Uh, just looking at this playoff picture quick, I think you broke that down extremely well. I, you know, in the NFC East, the NFC South, and the NFC North, I think there are two teams each uh, from, from all three of those divisions that are probably making the playoffs. And that leaves one team in the NFC East. Uh, I'll go Eagles as well. I, you know, I, I, I'm not a believer in the Cowboys as a whole. Um, them getting Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, probably – you know, maybe it helps them a little bit, but I don't think it pushes them over the edge. They were eight and eight last year, started out three and zero, and then shit the bed down the stretch. Um, I, I expect more of the same, more of the same mediocrity, I should say, from uh, from the Cowboys. But I'll go, I'll go Eagles in, in the NFC East. I'll go Packers, obviously, um, in the NFC North. I think, you know, they went thirteen and three last year. The the Minnesota Vikings went ten ten and six. I think that gap probably closes a little bit. I don't know if Minnesota can officially overtake them. I do think they close the gap just a tad bit and, and make it quite a run down the stretch there. New Orleans and, and Tampa Bay for me um, in the NFC South. I don't think Atlanta, you know, Atlanta finishing seven and nine, they'll regress. Uh, Carolina with, without Cam Newton. And, and I feel like, you know, the only guy they really have on offense is McCaffrey. They'll probably regress as well. Um, you know, they were five eleven last year. They'll probably win three or four games this year. NFC West, I'll take two teams from here, but I'm going to go out on the limb and take the 49ers. Uh, to win the division, but I also go with the Los Angeles Rams as uh, as getting a wild card spot, probably probably the seventh seed, and that that does leave the uh, Seattle Seahawks on the outside looking in, which might be a hot take considering they went eleven and five and objectively have a better team on paper this year. But um, you know, Russell Wilson can't. You know, I don't know if he can sustain. You know, continuing to do it all by himself and carrying the team on his back. You know, he's done in the past, obviously, but. Uh, you know, I, I look at hopefully that defense with, uh, you know, the cancer teammate they have there on the back end, Jamal Adams, hopefully regress and give the Jets a better draft pick. Uh, but I do think, you know, the Rams with McVay being, you know, one of the best coaches in the NFL and, and being able to scheme up ways to beat your opponent week in and week out. I think uh, they had a down year last year going nine and seven. So, you know, if a team has a down year going nine and seven, I think that's pretty scary. Um, so I look for them to, to have a bounce back year in, in a new stadium. And uh, so that, that leaves for me, uh, again, just to recap, I have the Eagles, Packers, Vikings, Saints, Buccaneers, 49ers, and the Rams. So I think we basically had the same there except for the, for, for the Rams and, and Seahawks were switched out, if, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, I, I almost want to give, like, Teddy Bridgewater at least the benefit of the doubt. I forgot, uh, you know, just slipped my mind. He's there in Carolina. 
uh, first year in, in that team. So I'm uh, not going to say they're going to be a, a shocker, but I could see them starting out hot just because uh, he's kind of proven in the past to uh, in the right system and, and in the right, you know, with the right coach, I think he can, he can definitely ball out. So I wouldn't be surprised if they started out, you know, a little bit hot, but then, you know, kind of fizzled out much like uh, a team like the Redskins usually do. Um, so I did forget about that little, you know, side bit, but uh, not a whole lot of talk from, you know, in the Carolina part of the country, really. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I think uh, every one of the draft picks for the Panthers were on defense. So hopefully that means they'll have a, have a better defense this year. But yeah, I, I do agree. I think they're getting some disrespect or, or maybe just being overlooked in general. They have McCaffrey is obviously all world. Um, Curtis Samuel is pretty good as a wide receiver. They got Robbie Anderson from the Jets in free agency. Um, outside of that, I, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, McCaffrey definitely, he definitely can carry a team on his back and, and uh, you know, Bridgewater is definitely good enough to get him the ball in space and, and make him successful. Uh, so if that's good enough, I just think the competition in, in that division are, it's gonna be, is going to prove too much for the Panthers, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm definitely right there with you. I mean, they're probably arguably uh, – that might be the hardest division in the NFL, um, obviously just with the Buccaneers getting uh, loaded up and Brady coming over. And then you got the Saints who are consistently good you know, year in and year out. Uh, and then the Falcons can really go either one of which ways, you know, they can have, uh, you know, a 10 and six record or, you know, like a season la last year, seven and nine, but uh, just extremely competitive division. I just look for, you know, maybe Carolina to be one of those shockers in the fact that they, they start out maybe three and one or, or just something crazy. Uh, I just feel like, you know, every season there's always that team you, you don't really give uh, thought to, and then they just kind of come out of nowhere. I think, you might see a little bit of that in Indianapolis just with Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, going to a new team. You never know what can happen with a new coaching staff and that type of thing. So just looking for, uh, you know, uh, a storyline. You know, I think somewhere uh, along, you know, whether it be the NFC or AFC, there'll be a, a team that you don't really expect to, to be real hot and, and they might start out that way. So um, that's just really the take on the NFL at this point. Yeah, so similar to the AFC picks, you can take these to the bank. Um, obviously, uh, we'll probably be all wrong. We might get all seven wrong and, and all 14 wrong here for, for the entire NFL. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch. We're just excited, frankly, that football is back. It gives us something else to talk about. But also, we just generally, genuinely love the sport and love talking about the sport. So hopefully they can you know, remain healthy. The players can remain health and healthy and, and safe. And uh, we, you know, NFL season goes off without any hitches. So uh, it'll be interesting to see as we go forward. All right, folks, that's enough NFL talk. Obviously, we'll saturate the NFL talk uh, next week with with our, uh, like we said, uh, just game recaps, uh, storylines coming out of Week One, and then you know, looking ahead to Week Two, obviously with with more specifically um, the, the Jets and obviously the Eagles, since we know quite a lot about those two teams, but. Transition to the NBA here. Uh, playoffs are, are rolling on. We're getting into the semifinals in each conference deeper and deeper here into the bubble in Orlando. Um, we had some breaking news here, Aaron, though, hot, hot off the presses. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks star, uh, reigning MVP and reigning defensive player of the year, Giannis, 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 Ante Tokunpo is out for game five Tuesday night. Where, as we're recording, he's out for tonight's game. So um, as you're listening to this, we will, we will have a, um, probably outcome, not probably, we will have an outcome of the Heat Bucks uh, game five tonight, but um, he was obviously out for half of game four. 
Uh, his team came back to win off of 36 points from Chris Middleton. Uh, do you think um, Giannis's Bucks without him have a chance to win game five tonight and extend the series to a six game? Yeah, I mean, it was proven in, uh, you know, in the last game, uh, game four there, that they yeah. can do it. Uh, will they do it for, for an entire entire game? I, I just – I don't think they do it. I think uh, Jimmy Butler has a pretty good game tonight. I think the Heat just – they pull away and take this series, uh, which kind of makes uh, Giannis not so successful in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, he's not playing tonight, so how fair is that? But he – played you know through the first three games he played and and didn't do obviously enough so uh that'll be something you know talked about going forward you know his lack of playoff success but I look for the uh I look for the heat to, to take the game tonight uh you know it might be close until about the fourth quarter and then I just I look for them to pull away I I agree um I think I think after you know just just on the on the Giannis topic like a week from now if they lose the series tonight if they lose in six if they lose in seven whatever to the Heat, what do you think we're saying about Giannis a week from now? Do you think we're saying that you know, he's a guy that can't get it done? He's not a guy that can lead a franchise, or do you think we just chalk this one up to injury, chalk this one up to having an off, you know, off series as a team? I, I feel like he he has been carrying the team obviously uh, since he arrived in Milwaukee. But um, are we looking at you know at the Bucks to potentially go out and get someone who can complement Giannis, or are we thinking it's just sort of an off series and they will be right back in the thick of it next season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you posed that question. I, I think the way I look at it is I think the Bucks need another, you know, solidified score uh, at the guard position. I don't – I mean, Wesley Matthews is okay. Yeah. Um, Eric Bledsoe is, is definitely above average, but I just think they need somebody else because, I mean, that, that team's really formed on bigs. You got, obviously, Middleton in the in – the, uh, forward position, and then you got Brooke Lopez. Those two guys can obviously play, but I, I just think they need one more, you know, uh, at least a problem for the, for the opposing defense to, at the guard position. I just don't think they have enough. And then their their bench is, is okay, but I, I just don't think their bench is great. I mean, um, a bunch of a bunch of veteran guys that you know you kind you kind of know what you're getting from Grant Hill. You kind of know what you're getting from Kyle Korver at this point. So uh, not a whole lot there. I, I think. Uh, Giannis does need a little bit more help. Um, I'm a Giannis guy, but I, you know I think the series does look him does make him look a little bit weak in the fact that uh, he dodged the Jimmy Butler matchup. He dodged really the question altogether. So uh, that was a mistake, and I think that's not a good look for him. But uh, you know, going into this offseason, I think they're going to need to to acquire one more piece, and especially at the guard position, and and then you know make a run for it next season. They they've proven they can play pretty stellar in the regular season, but just haven't accomplished a whole hell of a lot in the uh, playoffs in his career. I think if they lose uh, Giannis to the Knicks talk is going to skyrocket um, and he's not going to go to the Knicks. So it's going to be quite funny. Um, <laughs> another series that's playing tonight at nine o'clock Eastern time, Lakers versus the Rockets. Um, we're all tied up at one apiece. Uh, the, uh, the Rockets, I should say, took, uh, game one, uh, I think we touched on that last week, if I remember that correctly. Probably not. I have no idea. Um, and then uh, the Lakers took a convincing game, too. I think Rondo is, has been a factor in this series, for better or for worse. Uh, in the first game, I think he was like a minus 20 <laughs> when he was out in the court. And then uh, and then the Lakers you know, heavily outscored uh, the Rockets when he was in the game in, in game two. So I think they sort of go as, as he goes. You know, Obviously, they have LeBron and AD, but when LeBron – 
is off the court, they can look at a guy like, like Rondo to, to basically carry the momentum until he's able to rest up and get back into the game. So the Lakers, to me, if, if they can shoot this series, you know, if they can get one of Caruso, Kuzma, Green, you know, Morris, if they can get, you know, two or three of those guys to put up 10 to 15 um, and, and just have an efficient night shooting-wise, I think they'll be fine every single time. But if they go cold, obviously – uh, the Rockets can get hot at any moment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they can do. But Rondo, I think, a, a great player on the defensive side of the ball as well. LeBron had a great night on, on both sides of the court in game two. And AD dropped 34, 35 points again. Um, so, you know, if LeBron's averaging a triple-double, if AD is grabbing 35 a night, I think they need, you know, Kuzma Caruso, one of those guys, Green, to, to have a, a, a third night, you know, I guess, along with, with the big two there to, to compliment them. So. I guess similar to Giannis, if he can, you know, if LeBron AD can get that secondary help, they'll be fine and they'll probably win the championship. To be honest, if one of, if that third guy does get hot for them, but if not, they're uh, probably looking at an early exit. So I, I think no matter what, it's definitely not on LeBron. It's not on AD. They're they're going to bring night in night out. It's just a matter of they can get that tertiary scoring um, for them on a consistent basis. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, you, that's pretty much been their their analysis all year. I mean, you're you're not really gonna. You can contain LeBron and AD to a certain extent, but you're never going to, like, shut them down. You're never going to, um, you know, totally take them out of the game. So you got to uh, – those other guys is really what they – you know, if you're Houston, you got to you gotta key in on not letting uh, Kuzma go off. Kuzma, you know, at times can be scary. Um, other than that, I mean, I think Russell Westbrook's going to have to play better going forward. I mean, uh, game two, he had, you know, 10 points, 13 rebounds. I just don't – That'll do it. Uh, just for I don't know I think James Harden's obviously putting the whole team on his back really um, as always so I just look for you know Russell Russell Westbrook's gonna have to play better I think uh, he's one of those guys that you know yeah he plays at 100 miles an hour but uh, he just doesn't you know play into a winning formula normally so I think he's gonna have to learn how to to win uh, James Harden hasn't had the most success either in the playoffs but uh, I don't really you know blame James Harden all that much only because he, he puts up big numbers a game in and game out for the most part. So, um, yeah, much to your point, I think, you know, if Kuzma would drop like 25 and, and then you know what you're going to get from from LeBron and AD. And, and really AD has been a serious problem as of late in, in most of these games. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it's either make or break with, with that, third, that third player. I think, uh, you know, bringing Rondo or getting Rondo back it is a is a big additive for the uh, for the Lakers. I think that definitely helps them tremendously. Uh, more than, more than you know, uh, Rondo really gets credit for at this point in his career. But still, just a, a dangerous player. At times, I would probably take Rondo over Westbrook just because of his style of play. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, this game too. I, I look for it to be to be pretty close. Um, I think maybe Houston pulls this one out, and then and then the Lakers come back and win a. The, next, the following game. So I, I think this series is going to go back and forth, and I think it's really just going to depend on how consistent Westbrook is and how consistent, obviously, the, the third fiddle to, uh, you know, LeBron and then AD is on the Lakers. I think the Lakers take in five games and, uh, you know, move on to the, probably the Clippers. Uh, no, they'll probably take in six. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good series nonetheless. Uh, the, you know, like we said, the Lakers-Rockets on Tuesday night, um, you know, obviously listening to this, you'll know the outcome of, of the games, but uh, interesting series again to, to sort of end, end the show here. But uh, 
like we said, next week, obviously this week was, was pretty heavy NFL-wise, but uh, it's, it's crazy to say. I remember the shows of us talking about the draft, uh, rehashing free agency, and talking about uh, just general NFL storylines back when we were first shooting on Derek Carr. So it's uh, crazy to me that the NFL season is finally here, and we're almost at, at the end of uh, the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs uh, you know, as well. But uh, Aaron, why don't you uh, take us home? Yeah, looking forward to the to the NFL starting, and then uh, you know, from here on out, just a playoff series, uh, really NBA, NHL, and, and then uh, baseball still in the background, but uh, really the only storyline from there, I would really say, is just the, the Dodgers appear to be red hot. So, um, other than that, you know, we'll uh, we'll pretty much wrap it up and, and look forward to you know what happens later in the week. Take some.